Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are in the middle of a life-changing series, Present Truth in Deuteronomy. The topic today has eternal consequences. It's called Choose Life. So I'm so glad you're with us for our study today. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, and welcome to the team. It's good to see you again, and we're glad even though we're a small team here because of the restrictions, we've got some team members joining us. I just want to welcome Travis joining us from Michigan today. Travis, good to see you. And Addison joining us from British Columbia, Canada. Addison, good to see you again. And Shana joining us from Maine. Shana, it's always great to have you on the team. And we're just so excited today because not only do we have an expanded team, but one of our team members is teaching. Jason is going to be leading us in a powerful study today entitled Choose Life. And I'm excited because I believe that God wants everyone to choose life and spend eternity with Him. We're always happy to hear from you, Hope Sabbath School members. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. And sometimes people send a picture. And Webson's written to us before, but he sent a picture to us. And he said, Dear Pastor and Hope Sabbath School team, thank you for the spiritual inspiration from the Word of God through the Sabbath School studies. He sent a picture of himself and his two daughters, Shemisa and Hannah, and Grandma. And he said, Grandma only speaks Shona. They're from Zimbabwe, but living in Australia. Grandma only speaks Shona, but she watches Hope Sabbath School and says, Amen. 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 Well, Grandma, we just give give Grandma a wave, will you? Give Grandma a wave. Grandma, we're just so glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School, along with your son, Webson, and Shemisa and Hannah. What a beautiful family and... Thank you for being part of our Hope Sabbath School family. On the continent of Africa, Elias writes from the great country of Kenya. Many Hope Sabbath School members there. In fact, he is an elder of a church in Nairobi. And he writes and says, Greetings, Hope Sabbath School. Greetings. Greetings. Praise be to the Lord. I want to thank God for the work God is doing through you. May the Lord continue to bless your ministry. We enjoy your Bible study with the team. May the Lord bless the dedicated team as they speak God's Word to thousands of people across the world. Well, Elias, thank you for your leadership there in Nairobi. God bless you. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Well, here's a note, a handwritten note. We get those every once in a while, not just emails. This note is from a donor in Georgia. And the donor writes and says... I came across Hope Channel about four months ago, and I watched Hope Sabbath School. (laughs) Now I can hardly wait until 10 o'clock every morning so I can watch Hope Sabbath School. So this this viewer is watching our Daily Hope, which is a series that we broadcast in the past, in addition to our, our weekly program. I would like to thank you. And send something to help the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. God's blessings to you and everyone on the team. And a donation of $425. Praise God. Thank you so much, Georgia. You know who you are. Georgia's not your name. That's your state. But I just want to say thank you to all of our donors, especially at this time of the year. And I want to challenge you, if you've never supported this, this is a donor-supported ministry, and you'd like to learn how you can be part of this miracle, write to me at sshope at hopetv.org. I'd love to share with you. 
sshope at hopetv.org, or go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donate button and say, I want to be part of the miracle, sharing God's good news for a better life today and for eternity. But thanks especially to the donor from Georgia, only been watching for four months and saying, I want to be part of the miracle. Amen? Amen. Here's a note from Teriyapi in New Zealand. Mm. Now, I know I probably didn't say Teriyapi correctly, and I'm guessing Mm. that's a South Sea Island name because I know there are a lot of people in New Zealand from the South Sea Islands. But here's the question from Teriyapi. What talent talent is required to be on Hope Sabbath School? And then Teriyapi answers the question. Total surrender to the will mm. of God. Yes. Amen. Yes. And to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yes. Amen. Deny self daily, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Hope Sabbath School, for sharing the good news of the gospel. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Well, what a beautiful testimony. And you're absolutely right. Teriyapi. I hope I said that right. Write to me again and tell me uh, phonetically how to say it. But great to know we have Hope Sabbath School members way across on the other side of the planet in New Zealand. One last note from Harry in the United States of America. And Harry says, I've been watching Hope Sabbath School for over five years. I want to thank you for sharing your lives and your testimonies with us. It means so much to hear them. And I will support your ministry. Thank you again. Well, Harry, you know, I would say this, whether it's $5 or $5,000, it's not how much but the heart that's willing to be a part of the miracle. Amen? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. Just like someone sat down and wrote $425. The Holy Spirit will show you, Mm -hmm. but we can all be part of the miracle. And I want to thank you for sharing with us. Well, right now, we need your help. We need you to sing our theme song, because our theme song, Be Strong and of Good Courage, you can teach that to your children, but you can also learn it yourself, because we need that strength in these days in which we live. A strength that will give us the courage to choose life. That's our theme today. Let's sing it together. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake. Fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, He is the one who You know, I love the end of that song. He will not leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. And I think he's always there saying, choose life. That's our topic. Jason, lead us in a prayer as we begin to study. Please bow your heads as I pray. 
Our dear Heavenly Father, today as we open your word, help us to understand how we can choose life today. Amen. Thank you how you've given us life and help us to understand how to apply this in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our life giver. Amen. 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 We've been looking here at Deuteronomy and present truth, lessons we can learn. And today talking about choices, I thought it'd be a good idea for us to kind of think about some of the choices that we've had to make in life. And so I want to ask some of you here on the team, what are some choices that you have had to make? Maybe they were easy choices. Maybe they were some hard, difficult choices. What are some choices that you've had to make? Brittany? Well, one has been, um, first of all, choosing to follow Jesus for myself. Um, that was the most important decision that I've ever made. Your most important decision, yes, choosing to follow Jesus. John, what's a choice you've had to make in life before? I think besides uh, choosing to follow Jesus, an important decision that I had to make was what to do after high school. You know, ah. where God <laughs> wanted me to go. So, mm. yeah. yeah, you had to make a choice where God was going to guide you in your education, in your career. Mm. Sabina? I think that one of the most important decisions that I had to make apart from following Jesus was in a time of my life when Jesus asked me to quit my job to mm. further pursue ministry. So I think this was a big decision also. Mm. Wow, you had to make a choice to actually quit something in order to follow more mm. God's plan for your life. Harold? Also, another important de decision I had to make is choosing my friends. Not that I cannot be friends with anyone, but how often can I spend time or allow them to influence my life? Mm. depending if they have a bad influence. It's like, Lord, help me follow what is right and something that is that could make a difference in, for the better for anybody around me. Mm -hmm. All right. So as we see here, we've all had to make choices. Maybe some were simple choices. Others, as we talked about, were some difficult choices or had a lot of significance. Brittany referenced being able to choose Jesus as our Savior. So let's look at this idea of choices. And I want us to begin in Isaiah, I want us to look at choice actually by starting with God's perspective. And so, Harold, could you actually start us out and read Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. And I want us to kind of see here, how do we see choices? How does God see our choices? Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. All right. So, someone on the team, when you hear those verses, what does that tell you? Does that say anything about our choices? Brittany, what do you see there? Well, God knows what we're going to choose ahead of time, um, but it's amazing to me that even though He knows that, He gives us every opportunity to choose life. He doesn't just say, oh, I know she's not going to choose or he's going to choose, but I'm going to give them ever, every opportunity that I can. Mm -hmm. you know, some people would say, well, if God already knows, then we really don't have a freedom of choice. But as Brittany said, God knows the choices we'll make. And, and if we make poor choices or reject His grace, He will still accomplish mm -hmm. His purpose. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it may be without us. Mm -hmm. You know, He's not going to say, well, I guess we'll give up. Because the story of Scripture is a God who never gives up. Mm -hmm. But He appeals to us to choose life. Mm 
Exactly. Yeah. The importance of being able to make choices, be, being able to make the right choices. So we talk about this idea of God knowing the end from the beginning, God knowing our choices, not just our good choices, but also even our bad choices. So Sabina, if God knows our poor choices, why did he give us this freedom? Why did he give our first parents this freedom? Why didn't he say, I know you're going to mess up, so I'm not even going to give you that opportunity? Yes, you know, Jason, God is love. That's what the Bible teaches, right? And the premise of love is that it needs to be freely given and freely received. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I understand that he, even though knowing that there was a potential for evil to come about, he preferred that we would experience true love instead of making of us some sort of robots, mm -hmm. you, know. Mm -hmm. you know. All right, Shana, I see you're raising your hand there. You've got a thought here. Yes, so um, the the character that's consistent with God is that, as Sabina says, he is all-loving. And as our father, um, it would be more meaningful if the decisions that we made were based on our convictions and not because I have to do this because it's a law and it's strict and I don't really want to do it. But um, there's a difference between that and... I love God, so therefore I'm going to, to make the right choice and choose life. Amen. Addison, you want to jump in here? Yes. I was just thinking along with what um, Shana was sharing, um, this freedom of choice and love. I mean, they they only go to get God wants, essentially God wants a relationship with us. You can't have that with uh, uh, with created beings that don't have the ability to choose. Um, so that's super important to God. He wants to have a relationship with each one of us. And by the grace of God, we'll choose him every day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Harold, you're nodding your head. You, you oh. really, uh, resonated with that statement. Well, in terms of like relationship, because the thing is that like, we seek that. I mean, I, I seek that all the days of my life and, um, we were born like that as well. We were made for relationship mm -hmm. because we were made in the image of God. And that's what it means, like, wow, I have this freedom to choose, and I want to enter into, into that relationship because I was made in the image of God. Mm. Amen. And talking about the relationship and being made in the image of God, let's go there now and look back at how we got this freedom of choice, what happened in the beginning when we were made in the image of God. And I'm going to ask Addison if you could read for us back there in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, if you could read verses 8 and 9 and 15 through 17. And as Addison reads, I want us to see here what happened here in the beginning. How did we begin with this uh, ability to have this freedom to choose? And I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And jumping to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it 
you shall surely die. All right. Now, before we get in and unpack these verses a little bit, I want to ask, who is the first person that we see introduced here in verse 8? Who is, if you will, the first mover, the one making, you know, the first move here? Brittany, who's the first person? God. God. In the garden. Mm -hmm. In the garden. So this freedom of choice that we have, it doesn't come from ourselves. (laughs) God is the one who gives us this freedom. Mm -hmm. And yet it's interesting. So God gives us this freedom. And how does he give this freedom? What, what happens here, Stephanie? What are some of the facts we see in the story that tell us about this freedom? Well, he put them in the garden and he, um, he told them to tend it. And then he said, of this tree, you're not to eat. Um, but of this other, other trees, you can eat. So he gave them some guidelines of what he expected. And then he gave them the opportunity to choose. He gave them the opportunity. Sabina, tell us more. What's going on here? Uh, Stephanie referenced something about this tree and the opportunity Mm -hmm. to choose. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, it says here in the text that this was a special tree, that there was this one unique tree that they could not freely eat from, otherwise they would die. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we can see here that God has apparently relinquished part of his power so that they could do their own choice, even though this was such a dangerous place to be, right? It's interesting. Mm. So they could surely die. Now, we're talking about choosing life, correct? Mm -hmm. So isn't that kind of almost contradictory? We're talking about choosing life, and yet here we have death being referenced. So how can we have death being referenced with life? Mm. Mm. I've been wrestling even while we're reading why did he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden? Mm-hmm. Why did he just put it way off on the side somewhere where we wouldn't have to choose? Mm-hmm. You know, just leave it out of the way. And I think the only answer to that, Jason, is understanding what it reveals in Revelation, mm-hmm. that there's a big controversy and lies are being told mm-hmm. that God's creation has no freedom, and that there's this arbitrary God who's a tyrant. So there's, there's bigger issues yes. than just, just Adam, uh, our first parents. Mm. John, you had a thought you wanted to share. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes we think that God is too restrictive. But we find in verse uh, 16 where God says, Of every tree of the garden you can you know, freely eat, but just that one tree, you know, don't eat from it. So that really doesn't show that God is too restrictive. Mm-hmm. You see, God gives so much choice in choosing life and just one tree in choosing death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brittany, you had a thought there. Oh, just I definitely agree with what John said, that God gives us so many opportunities to choose life, but there is the opportunity at the same time where we could reject that choice of life and choose death instead. Mm-hmm. There's really only two options for us, um, but God wants to expand on all the opportunities he gives us to choose eternal life. He doesn't want us to go down the path that leads to death and eternal separation from him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Travis, you had a thought you wanted to share here with us. Well, again, just building on what has been previously mentioned, and that is God is full of choices. He said of every tree, as was just mentioned, they could freely eat. But when they had partaken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were banished from the garden. And actually by choosing that, then they became, their choices actually became restricted because then they couldn't eat of the trees. And so here there was a trade-off as when we sin, actually um, it's then that our choices are restricted 
God is a God of choices. He wants to give us all kinds of choices. And when we sin, I, I think of the story of Samson. Um, God gave him a free life to choose and to do and to rule. And he, he kept choosing sin, sin, until finally he was bound grinding wheat for the Philistines. And that's what sin is. It's restrictive, 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 restrictive. But when we choose God's will, it just opens up choices and choices and more choices that actually lead to happiness. Mm. Amen. Well, Travis referenced what happened there and so in Genesis 3. So, Brittany, I think it's important for us to actually read for ourselves. And as we read, please read Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Let's kind of look, because we talk about this often in terms of one choice, but let's see, there might be some other choices buried within the story that will help us understand what happened in this process of our first parents making choices. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Mm. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Hmm. All right, well, we know that's a very sad story, but I want us to kind of look now at the story and see someone here on the team. What are choices that you see that were made? Harold, what's one of the choices you see that were made in this process? Well, uh, we see that um, Eve engaged with the serpent because the serpent started with a question, trying to like make her think, but then eventually she gave in uh, based on the serpent's suggestion. So that's the problem. Like at times, um, sin may be very tempting, but we need to run away from sin mm -hmm. because if you already get, know the truth and the instructions, why are you still entertaining it when God already told you, don't do this? So Eve made the choice to engage the serpent. Yeah. Sabina, what choice do you, other choices do you see here? Yeah, so after engaging with the serpent, the next more important choice that I see her making here is the choice of whether to eat the fruit or not. Because after engaging with the serpent, she has this whole dialogue on whether, you know, that's good or not. Mm. And then the next choice she needs to make is that one. Mm. Mm. Either yes. taking or not. Yeah. Shayna, you see a choice here. Yes, I see Eve made a, a conscious choice to um, to give into her flesh. Like in verse six, it says that um, she saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to her eyes. Um, and that's a, a pitfall or a temptation that we often face today. We we know the word of God. She knew the word of God. She she repeated the words of God to the to the serpent but she instead chose to give in to mm. the desires of the flesh mm. and and you know the repercussions as a result of that followed mm. Mm. Yes. Brittany 
Yeah, another choice that I see is that she chose to believe the lies of Satan yeah. rather than yes. the truth of God. Yeah. Right. Um, God had given her his truth to begin with, and then she entertains this conversation, and then she listens to his um, deception rather than the truth that God had already given her. And that's the same thing with sin. We can choose to rely on the promises mm -hmm. of God or give in to the deceptions of Satan. Yeah. And, Derek. and you know, Jason, uh, uh, as Brittany just mentioned, it was, that was what really struck me. Right. Satan is a liar. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus yeah. called him a father of lies. He's also a deceiver. If he'd come and said, God, your creator, is a liar, mm. she would have, I would hope she would have run. Yes. Yes. But he doesn't do that. But, but clearly in his words, he's saying, God is lying to you. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And so the fundamental choice is... Who do you trust? Who do I trust? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I trust my Creator, That's right. yeah. who loves me and gave me freedom? Yeah. Or do I trust... And we know it wasn't a serpent. We yes. know that old serpent, the devil and Satan, the, mm -hmm. the enemy, the great adversary is using this, this mm -hmm. serpent to, to, to tempt her. But I think that's the fundamental question. And for all of us who may be struggling with all kinds of temptations, will I choose to trust that God loves me and that He desires my best good, even in the guidelines He gives to me? Yes. John, you wanted to add related to this idea of choices? Yeah, just to build on what others have uh, said, we see that Eve is trusting her senses rather than what God had said. And oftentimes we uh, end up into a sin because mm -hmm. we trust our senses, and that's why one author said that we need to guard the avenues of our soul. Mm. Yes. Mm. It's important that we guard not just, you know, for our own self-salvation, but so we're connected in that relationship mm -hmm. with God because mm -hmm. we have the freedom of choice, and it's important that we exercise this freedom of choice in the right way. Mm -hmm. Well, we see here that Adam and Eve did not exercise their freedom of choice mm -hmm. in the best way, and so there were some consequences that happened. And Sabina, I'd like if you could read for us more about these consequences in Genesis chapter 3 here, verse 19 and 23 to 24. And as you read, let's see here, what are the effects of making, using our freedom of choice in a way that isn't choosing life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'll be reading from the New King James Version. In verse 19 says, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Mm. And then verses 23 and 24. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground for which he was taken. So he drove out the men, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Hmm. All right. So we see here there are some effects, there are some consequences. Harold, what are some consequences you see of the choices that Adam and Eve made? Well, because of their choices, basically their life was kind of like the prolongation of their life was restricted hmm. because in the, also in the garden was the tree of life, and now they didn't have access to that. Hmm. So they lost that. They lost access to the tree of life. Brittany, what are some effects that you see as well here? They had to leave their beautiful home. They were, you know, sent out of the garden and before they used to walk and talk with God face to face, but afterwards we don't see that. Um, we see God communicating with them, but we don't see this face to face communication happening um, any longer because they're out of the garden. Sabina. 
I think that for me, the most dramatic consequence is that now they are going to return to dust. Mm-hmm. So verse 19 says that they were taken out of the dust and to dust they should return. And this was not God's intention. They were right. supposed mm-hmm. to leave eternally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, this death that we're talking about here, is this only the first death? Or the choice that Adam and Eve made, is it mm-hmm. true that the choice they made could have resulted in eternal death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened, Brittany? I see you nodding your head there. Well, we know earlier in uh, chapter 3 that God made a promise and that a deliverer would come um, and give them the opportunity to have eternal life again, um, but they had to choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to choose to accept the gift, um, and he even demonstrated what that being was going to do for them by slaying an animal and giving them tunics. So he was showing someone's going to have to die in your place in order that you can have life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So while we love exercising our freedom of choice, we have the opportunity to choose life and we also have the opportunity not to choose life. Though as Brittany uh, reminded us there, even when our first parents didn't make the right choice, even when they didn't choose life, God stepped in there, put in the plan of salvation, Mm -hmm. and Jesus ends up taking our place so that we can Mm -hmm. choose life. Yes, so I'm, I'm wrestling with why God allowed Adam and Eve. I don't know that we know how long Eve lived, but I think the Bible tells us Adam lived, what, 930 years. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of suffering. That's a lot of pain looking back and saying, oh, God, I'm so sorry for what happened there. Well, I think there's two reasons. I think that God wanted to continue to show His love to, yes. to His children. Amen. And He did that in a variety of ways, yes. mm-hmm. blessing them. But also, again, the bigger picture, the great controversy that this liar called Satan, the devil, that his deceptions would be exposed, Mm -hmm. that he would be revealed Mm -hmm. for the monster that he has become, Mm -hmm. and that God's character of love would be fully vindicated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's easy for us to say, well, why don't you... But this bigger picture that God is, um, is revealing the truth of His character. Now, I want to talk about that a little more because we know that God is all-loving, and yet someone could say, well, you say God's all-loving, but if He's all-loving, why didn't He warn our first parents about the history that Derek referenced there about this dragon in the beginning and about what happened in heaven? You know, how can He be all-loving if He didn't truly warn them all. Harold, you had a thought on that. Well, even though it doesn't say in Scripture that God directly warned, then why did the devil come up as a serpent? Like, why, I mean, or he used a serpent to deceive. Because if if an angel would have come, like as he was, he was, I mean, he is an angel. If he would have come as is, maybe it was not as easy to deceive. I mean, that's an idea. Mm. All right, so... Mm. Possibly he had to. Derek, you... I have no doubt that, that the Creator warned them. I agree. No doubt. Because yeah. he loved them. That's right. And, and he said, they said, well, God, can you tell us about that tree? What's that about? I don't think mm-hmm. he said, don't ask that question. Mm-hmm. I think he loved them. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's all about a battle that's going on right now mm-hmm. because a fallen mm-hmm. angel rebelled against my authority and deceived a third of the angels with him. So we're in the middle of a big battle here. This is just a sign that you can choose to be loyal to a loving God. Mm -hmm. So I think he did warn them. Sabina. And what I'm thinking also, and goes along with what Harold just shared, is that, you know, 
even in this case, what matters the most, more than the warning, is that they would trust God's word. Mm -hmm. Because the serpent, you know, appeared not as he was saying, as a beautiful, wonderful uh, angel that they could discern as being Lucifer or Satan now. Uh, so even if they had not been able to know anything about that story, the fact is that knowing who is the serpent or not, what mm -hmm. matters is that they would obey God. Right. Trust him. Stephanie. Trust him, yeah. So I, I think it, it does matter in a lot because God, it's his character that's on the line. Yeah. And everywhere we see in the Bible, he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. He would not put us in a position where we were not fully prepared and know that we could go and trust him mm -hmm. and ask him for his help. So I think his character's on the line here, if he had not. Mm. Travis, you had a thought you wanted to add. Yeah, I just was, I wanted to build on what Derek had said, because I really think that's important, you know, to, for, for anyone to think that Adam and Eve were not warned. I mean, I think that would be just a silly thought. And I think of the book of Isaiah, there's a description of Satan. The book of Ezekiel, there's a description of Satan. And then I think of Amos 3.7, where God says, I do nothing unless I reveal it through my servant, the prophets. And then we just, God knows the end from the beginning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God is warning us and we have um, through the book of Isaiah, through the book of Ezekiel, the descriptions of Satan and how he had fallen and everything that Satan is trying to do, there is no doubt in my mind that God would have warned the first parents as well in person. I agree. All right. So just because we don't have every single detail yeah. of their conversations, we can see from the context, from God's character and personality that he really cares, mm -hmm. he loves, and he definitely... Uh, gave them a heads up. Well, let's think about this idea now of freedom of choice, because we know we can choose life, but what about this idea of freedom of choice? Is it actually a good idea? <laughs> Stephanie, you're smiling. Is it a good idea to be able to have freedom of choice? It has to be God chose it. Mm. It has to be God chose it. Harold? Well, it is a great idea because, I mean, as an individual, um, one, the way I was made I don't like to be just restricted. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that's human nature. We, we like to have freedom. Yes. Mm -hmm. And of course, freedom that actually gives us to, like to, for life, as actually I like how Travis put it earlier, when we sin, actually our life is restricted mm -hmm. and the, some sins can even lead to death yeah. quicker. So God made us to enjoy and enjoy abundantly, actually. So I like mm -hmm. that type of freedom. Amen. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, Addison, you have a thought here. Yeah, I, I just heard what Harold was talking about. And to add to that, I just from my you know human conception of this whole idea, um, I think freedom of choice, it, it, it's risky. There's a risk to it, mm -hmm. but yet it's a risk that was complete, completely worth taking. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible thing that we see here. Um, God giving us the ability to choose, but um, by his grace, you know, we can choose him every day and uh, walk with him in, in newness of life. Amen. Shana, you want to add to this idea of freedom of choice? Yeah, so freedom of choice is a great idea because you elicit or you, you're getting a genuine response from the person about whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. um, if they didn't have the freedom to choose, 
um, you wouldn't be getting what their true heart is. And so it, it gives you an opportunity to see where this person's heart lies, where their mind is trained or where their train of thought is going. Um, and, and it ultimately helps you to determine, you know, is this person what you really need for whatever you're doing? John, you had a thought you wanted to add here? Yeah, I know within the freedom of choice or the gift of uh, choice that God gives us, there is love, respect, and intelligence. Mm. You know, you take uh, kids that come from two different backgrounds. From one background, we see where the parents enforce, okay, you need to be a doctor, nothing else. <laughs> you know, but that kid wants to be a photographer or something else. You know, <laughs> there is no really, there's no excellence in what the child is doing, although he goes to medical school. But on the other hand, the parents say, you know, mm. you do what's, best and what you're good at, you know, that child really flourishes. And so right there we see how valuable uh, the freedom of choice or the gift of choice is. Mm. Sabina. I'm thinking also, Jason, that a good question could be like, well, is love worth of it? Like, is, is love valuable? Mm. Do we care about love? Uh, maybe if we didn't care about love, then we couldn't care about freedom either. Mm. But if you care about love and what love truly is, then we love freedom of choice because mm. it's necessary for love to, to be valuable, to happen. Mm. Mm. All right. Mm. Travis. Well, actually, Sabina kind of just took the words out of my mouth, and, and that is that uh, I just believe that uh, love and freedom go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can see this as we study the scriptures that Satan is always the one doing the forcing. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know that that's not love. And Jesus is always the one coercing. You know, he says we love him because he first loved us. He's coercing us by his love, by his patience, by his mercy. And he's giving us that choice. I just don't think that the two are compat are, or can exist without the other. We, in order to have love, we must have freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Alluring and drawing. Yeah, and I, I want to I want to wrestle with the word coerce yeah. because I don't think love ever coerces. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I, I know what Travis is saying. Um, he he earnestly appeals to us, yes. right? Um, coerce doesn't work. Uh, Harold's married to Brittany. Mm -hmm. If when he first met her, he he chained her up and locked her in a room somewhere. <laughs> she would never love him. Mm. Uh, love, as Travis said, love and freedom, yes. they're inextricably linked together. Mm. So, so what, how would you describe Jesus? I would describe his drawing us like an mm. earnest yes. appeal, yes. like yes. when he says, Jerusalem, oh, I wish I could you know, mm. gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. So this mm. earnest appeal, mm. which is so different yeah. from how uh, the kingdom of darkness works. Amen. True. Now we've talked about freedom of choice here. We all love it. We think it's positive. But I want us to actually think to our own experiences. And I want to, this is a little bit vulnerable, but I wonder, is there anyone on the team here who may have had the opportunity to engage in freedom of choice and maybe you exercised your freedom of choice in a in a harmful way in a way that was problematic Harold you've actually exercised your freedom of choice yeah. in the wrong way <laughs> yeah in the wrong way in the wrong way all and right had very very terrible consequences hmm. and one of the bad choices i made was um, being in a relationship with a girl who was not of the same faith or the same belief Mm. which actually led me more away from God. Mm. Not only that, it even made me 
reinterpret the scripture to my own convenience. Mm -hmm. Wow. Not only that, um, I lost $10,000 spending trying to please her. On top of that, I did poorly in school. I failed courses. And then the relationship ended, and I was emotionally unstable for a few years. Mm. So looking back, it's like, but yet God delivered me because I did make this prayer because I realized I am Mm. not in the right spot right now. I'm with the wrong person. I'm doing the wrong choices. And I said, Lord, if you give me a way of an escape, I will take it. And thankfully, she ended the relationship because I, I did so many things that I thought like I couldn't break the relationship. But he did it for me. God did it for me. Amen. And I took the way of escape. Mm-hmm. And I repented. And I just thank God like for delivering me. But looking back, it's like, man, this is very, very bad. Like mm-hmm. trying to like please my own pleasures based on my choices and, and look where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thank God that in the end, he, 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 he helped me see that I, I needed to choose life. I needed to choose Him. Amen. Amen. Wow. And what's so powerful, I mean, your so, wife is sitting right here, yeah. Brittany. You know, yeah. God never delivers us from those bad choices without giving us much better choices. Yeah. And, and here you are, married to a wonderful woman of oh, God, yeah. who not only part of the team, but helps teach Hope Sabbath School. Yes. So, praise God. That, I love that idea that when God says, that's not healthy. It's not, as John said, he's taking away all of our choices. Yeah. He's saying, don't go with that negative mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Look at all of these beautiful, mm-hmm. healthy mm-hmm. choices that, that are available for you. Amen. Mm-hmm. And now, Stephanie, we need to go to Deuteronomy, since we've been talking about that book in this series. And so I'd like for you to read for us in Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you could read verses 15 through 19, because Moses makes this appeal based on this idea of our ability to choose and to choose the right way. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your hearts turn away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, Mm. blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Mm. All right. Amen. So this is an earnest appeal here. Brittany, what do we see Moses saying in these verses? He's setting before them two choices. There's really only two choices for each one of us. We can choose life and eternity with Christ, or we can choose death and separation from our loving God who's done everything for us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sabina. And I can see a parallel with the text of Genesis that we just read. You know, the tree that was, that particular tree we we're talking about, that they were not supposed to take from, it was also a tree that related to, to evil or good, the knowledge of good and evil, right? And again, they are given another opportunity to choose between good and evil, between death and life. Mm -hmm. And so I was just considering that, and I think that's an interesting parallel. Mm -hmm. Addison. 
I love this passage because it it's it's not only just a powerful appeal, but you really see the heart of God right here in this passage. Amen. Moses is reflecting the character of God in such a profound way. He shows such a love and a care for the people, how he wants them to choose life. And I hear like this earnestness in his appeal. Um, I always picture him like sort of uh, beltering from the top of it, like just crying out and saying, will you make this choice today? You know, this earnest appeal, you know, today is the day of salvation. And it's it's quite an amazing thing. Mm. Amen. Amen. Travis, you had something you wanted to add here? Yeah, I'm just thinking about Moses, you know, talking this. And um, it's something, a verse came to my mind that uh, I remembered reading. And, and I thought Moses was not just speaking randomly. He was a man who practiced what he preached. And I don't remember where the verse is, but I'm going to quote it. And it said that Moses chose to suffer the afflictions with the children of Israel rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So Moses, way before this, had chosen life. So, like, what a leader, right? And here he is passing down the things that he had learned about God and the choices that he had made, the right choices, he's also handing them down. And I just thought, praise God for um, godly leaders. Hebrews 11, 24 and 25, yes. part of the great faith chapter. Uh, great, great example of, of choosing life. Uh, but actually, it was kind of a paradox because in choosing life, he appeared to be letting go of all of the wealth of Egypt, mm -hmm. all of the social standing, right? All of the power. But actually, that was the way that led to death. Mm -hmm. He chose life with God's people. Yes. yes. And we see here, as Travis uh, talked about, this says something about Moses' character and about Moses' identity. Now, John, if you could actually read for us just the last verse there that we read, verse 19, I want us to go back and look particularly at how our choices, they're not only for us, they also can impact others as well. Mm -hmm. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. I'm reading from the King James Version, and it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Mm. All right. You and your seed, you and your descendants. Brittany, uh, how does our choice, how does it impact others beyond just us? Well, I think about my own story. My grandmother at 40 years old accepted an invitation to do Bible studies <laughs> and that led to a transformation in her life, which then she at that time was pregnant with my mother, who was the fifth um, child in the family. And she was able to be raised knowing Christ as her personal savior. Amen. And then that passed on to my mother teaching me how to have a relationship with God. So I see Beautiful. the blessing of not only you choosing life, but your descendants also have mm. that opportunity. Mm. Yes. John, you know, just to uh, uh, when uh, Brittany talked about her testimony, I, it reminded me of my testimony when my grandmother, uh, you know, heard about the Sabbath uh, in the radio, and then all of a sudden she finds a flyer uh, that's that lands uh, in her house, and then she goes to an evangelistic series. She makes the choice to follow Jesus, yeah. and it had ripple effects. You know, um, today I'm able to know Jesus because my parents uh, introduced that to me because. Yeah. My grandmother introduced Jesus to them. Amen. Amen. So beautiful. And the opposite, Jason, is also true. I think of the tragedy that there may have been children at the time uh, before the flood. And the children said, Mommy, Daddy, we want to go into the ark. 
And the parents said, oh, don't listen to Noah, he's crazy. You know, so, by the way, I do believe that some of those people will be saved by faith, uh, trusting in in God. So, but you understand what I'm saying? That the same with Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, I mean, choices we make could lead to damage and even destruction Mm -hmm. for people around us. Well, I want us to look a little more at what it means to choose life, how this is applied practically. And so, Shana, I want to ask if you could actually take us to the New Testament because the Apostle John in 1 John 5, 11 through 13, actually tells us more about how we choose life, what that looks like for us today. Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. All right, so Stephanie... How do we make the choice to choose life according to the Apostle John here? Believe in the name of the Son of God. Believe in the name of the Son of God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sabina, you wanted to add to that. Now, I was thinking about, I I just had exactly like this verse here reflecting that the life is in His Son. Mm -hmm. So as long as we receive the Son, we receive life. Mm. And I think it's important. I I know Stephanie believes this, but it's more than just believing in the name. It's, 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 choosing to accept him because it says he who has the son so it's choosing to say jesus be lord of all you know we have that that little gospel song come into my heart lord jesus yes so it's believing and then accepting all that jesus wants to be as savior and lord amen and we know that has an impact and that changes our lives some of us here have shared testimonies about how God has led in our families' lives, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's important that we understand the motivation for this because we can make the right choices, we can have a good testimony, but it has to be motivated by the right thing. And so, Sabina, I'd like if you could read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 20, because Moses talks about the motivation that we need to be able to have to make the right choice here. And so, yes, if you could read Deuteronomy here for us, we can understand the right motivation for this choice. Okay, so it's Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him. For He is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Mm. All right. So what is the motivation here, Brittany? I see you smiled there. It's choosing love. Choosing Choosing love. Because we love him and then we want to, he loves us and we want to respond in love to him. Harold, you wanted to add to that? Well, there's nothing else to add because, (laughs) I mean, God is the, love is the definition of God. Actually, there are like equivalences. God is love. Love is God. I mean, that that is what makes God. 
<laughs> and you know what's so beautiful? I love that verb there. It says cling to him. Yes. The beautiful thing is we're not clinging to him like, like a divine being trying to shake us off. You know, mm. he's, he's embracing mm. us. Mm-hmm. It's like when a little one climbs up into your lap and they're embracing you, but you're holding on to them, right? Mm-hmm. You're making sure that they're in a safe, loving environment. Mm-hmm. So to me, that verb to cling is a very intimate mm-hmm. um, relational verb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this idea of love is also connected to obedience. Yeah. And there's a verse I want us to read. Travis, if you could actually read that for us. It's in the book of John chapter 14, verse 15, and these are the words of Jesus. Jesus actually talks about, we know we're motivated by love, and Moses here, as Sabina read in this verse, talks about love and obedience. And so let's see, what does Jesus say about this idea of love and obedience? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, if you love me, keep my commitments. All right, yeah. Stephanie, you had a thought there at this verse about love and motivation and obedience. Well, I think it says it pretty much all there. Um, if, you, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And um, it goes on, well, that would go into chapter 15, but we love him. And when we are so connected with him, what we do, our will becomes united with His will. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we live out His will mm-hmm. because we have that love relationship and we're connected with Him. Mm-hmm. John, you had something you wanted to share here about the idea of love and obedience and motivation? Uh-huh. You know, obedience is an expression of love that God has placed within our hearts. And when He changes us, when He converts us, mm-hmm. He pours His love into our hearts. Amen. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it doesn't happen naturally because of our sinful nature. But when He pours that love, we want to obey Him. We want to please Him. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Harold. I just wanted to add quickly because First John 5, 3 says that His commandments are not burdensome. Mm-hmm. He's not like making us do things that like we can't do. Like He's going to give us the power. He's going to show us how to love to the point that our response is to love the same, he, the same way He's loving. Mm-hmm. Amen. So. Stephanie. Yeah, I was just thinking the whole plan of salvation is based on the concept of love, right? Mm-hmm. So um, John three sixteen. Do you want to read that, that for us then? Sure. Because yes, the whole plan of salvation based on love. Let's actually read this and let's see what the scriptures say for itself here. And the New King James Version said, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. All right. And Stephanie, so tell us more about how the plan of salvation is motivated by love. It's motivated by love because Jesus gave his life. He died on a cross for those who were persecuting him Mm -hmm. and for those who would eventually accept him. So again, there's that choice. Do I trust God fully or do I trust the alternative? Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Brittany, you had a thought here. It's just beautiful to see um, that the God of the universe was so invested in us when he created us that he already had a plan, Mm. even if we went astray and we chose poorly, that he would give us another opportunity to choose life Mm. and that he did it through his own blood. Mm. Mm. Yes, Mm. Sabina. 
What I'm thinking also, Jason, is that ultimately disobedience that Christ himself showed in a plan of salvation, when we, when we abide on that, we are actually being benefited not only with salvation, but with blessings. When we look at Deuteronomy, the text we just had read, the promise was to multiply them, to make them mm. fruitful. Mm. So the obedience is not purely with a known purpose. It's also because God loves us yes. and He wants to bless yes. us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shana, real quickly here. Yes. Yeah, so um, the most um, profound thing to me about this John three sixteen is that Jesus chose us. And that is motivation. Um, and by seeing his ultimate love for us, it's motivation for me to choose him as well. Amen. Amen. And I want to challenge you. Maybe you have exercised your freedom of choice in ways that were harmful. But thankfully, we have Jesus Christ We have the Son, and I want to challenge you, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into a relationship with Him so that you can choose Jesus today and so that you may have life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. What a great study, and thanks so much for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. I'm just so blessed uh, to hear the testimonies, and maybe you're listening and saying, I was there, but I chose life. Well, we'd love to hear from you how Jesus saved you. Write to us, sshope at hopetv.org. Your testimony could bless someone else's life. So write to us, sshope, hopetv.org, because Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, not just now, but for eternity. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us that you love us and give us freedom so that we can choose life forever with you. Thank you for your immeasurable and unfailing love today, especially for someone today who says, Jesus, I choose life through you today. Save me. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. We're always so excited to hear from you because God is a miracle-working God. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Share your testimony and be an encouragement to people around the world. But don't forget your neighbor. (laughs) Go out and be a blessing to those around you.